I will get started in three, two, hold on. I forgot what I was starting with. Brian Caves, we both like music. This is true. Can you confirm? Can confirm, yes. Thank you. Music is good stuff. There was a long pause. I thought you thought I was crazy. We both like music. Right now, it's it's not festival season, but it's festival schedule release season. Oh yeah. I think over the past two weeks, you've shared different concerts that you're going to. You've shared different uh, festivals that you've seen that you're not going to, like going to Aruba or Jamaica with the drive-by truckers or something like that. Ava Brothers. You can share in a second. There's a lot of music stuff going around. Actually, at work, too, I'm in kind of a lull where I can be at my desk and I can listen to music all day outside of meetings. I'm just doing work at my desk and I'm able to just focus in on music. So my entire world is just filled with music. Well, today, on my way to work, I was listening to something. It was yesterday, excuse me. I was listening to a podcast on the way to work today. Yesterday was... was... our podcast. Yesterday was the song you were listening to, or you were listening no, to no, no, yesterday? That's confusing. I can see the confusion. No, yesterday I was listening to a song. Got it. Not the song yesterday from the Bayos, although I am a Liverpool fan. But I'm ching. Um, I was listening to a song yesterday, and I thought, man, I really want to cover this song. But there's a big problem with that, Bryant. I don't play any instruments. Your voice is an instrument. Well, stop it. But I don't play any instruments. I, have you ever had the feeling of listening to certain songs like, man, I, I want to I play that song? Every time I listen to a John Prine song, I just want to get like an acoustic guitar and learn to play it and just play like John Prine folk covers. So no, I get it 100%. And you don't play any instruments either. I did in high school, but I haven't played a saxophone in it's been at least ten years. Well, you could you could you could sax it up. And I wasn't good back then, so no. I, I, could. I would I would buy the Bryant Cave saxophone covers. <laughs> Duke, album. Sil- Duke Silver. <laughs> Duke Silver. <laughs> oh, Parks and Rec. No, I, I have a Twitter beef with Nick Offerman, which we'll save that for another episode. So I try not to give him a lot of my um, air real estate. Let's call it that. Sure. Try to speak too much about him. Uh, the name shall not be spoken. We had a baseball feud. And um, we'll leave it at that. We'll save that for another episode. That's a tease right there. You're going to have to come mm. back for that one, everybody. Um, but there are a ton of different music festivals coming on, Brian. What are some things that you're looking forward to? Um. So over the weekend, um, Alyssa and I booked tickets. We are going to... Uh, Wrigley Field in August. We're gonna check out a. Uh, Cubs suck, bro. You mean the 2016 World Series champion Chicago Cubs? Yeah, um, cut out. What was that? What, what what concert are you going to? <laughs> so we're going to. Uh, we're gonna see Chris Stapleton is headlining, um, along with Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. Who, that's probably the top of my list of bands I want of artists bands I want to see. Um, the High Women, which is like an all-female country group that are really good, is going to be there. 
Um, and then Mike Campbell, who was actually the guitar player for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, has his own band, and they are opening uh, the show. So should be a great show. Um, next month, I'm going to see uh, Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers here in Columbus, which I'm really excited for. Um, yeah, I'm not going to make it to that Avid Brothers Festival down in uh, the Dominican Republic, as amazing as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Bellwether Fest, I know you and I had talked about that over in uh, uh, Hocking Hills area. Something, something, Ohio. Yeah, Hocking Hills area is what I know it as. Um, that lineup, very like Americana heavy this year, which is kind of right up my alley. Nathaniel Rateliff is going to be there, minus the night sweats, but... I'm a big fan of his work, um, among others. So I mean, yeah, there's a ton of a ton of stuff. I actually found a Twitter feed the other day that's nothing but retweeting festival announcements, oh. and, and was just like dreaming of all these like amazing festivals that I'll never go to that I would, <laughs> that I would love. To. <laughs> it was, I was looking at one. It was like a bucket list. It was like the New Orleans uh, Jazz Heritage Festival. And it's they call it jazz, but it's it's like every genre of music there is represented. And it's like an it's like a twelve day festival or something with artists playing a ton of different artists from all genres playing every day. It was like just spent twelve days in New Orleans, taking in uh, music and all the food and fun and culture would be that's that's a bucket list trip right there. Sounds really great. That sounds something that I think you should, um, you should work towards doing, because um, you can do that. You you guys don't have any kids. You have a couple. You have cats. You have to get those cats taken care of. But you guys can literally just like clean out the litter box, walk out the door, and not come back for days. Oh yeah. Woo. You've one thing that uh, a pastime of ours that seems to have built up over the last few weeks is recommendations. You've given me a lot of musical recommendations, and I don't say that in a negative tone, although it might have come across that way. I don't think it's negative at all. I've heard some great things that you've shared with me that I was like, wow, I didn't know this existed. One thing I'm having trouble with of these recommendations, you're giving me a good amount of country music. I'm not against country music. Sure. If you would have asked me five years ago, I'm probably the person, you know, oh, I just don't listen to country. I like everything but country because it's just a... A phrase people say. It's just something to say, I think, at this point. But there are some good country artists out there. Not the ones that you're probably going to see at the CMAs or on local country stations. Probably not talking about truck beds or solo cups or um, girls stuff in, along uh, those Daisy lines. Daisy Dukes. Daisy Dukes. Such, uh, those suches and the others. Yes, those types of musics. But I don't know. First what kind of country it is. I can't tell until a few songs in. Okay, this isn't Radio Country. And then I don't I can't tell it apart. Is there gonna be a time where I can start telling apart what is good and what is not good country? Or am I just am I a lost cause or my ears just not ready for it? I, I think it's exposure. I think yeah, the more you listen to it, the more I think you kinda of start to figure out um, you know, who's good, who's not. I mean, ultimately it's all I like our you, podcast. Exactly. I think well, the more I think you listen people, to it, the more you realize how good or not we are. And I think we know which way they're uh, they're leaning <laughs> when they listen to it. Um, 
But I think, yeah, just the more you listen to it, the more you start to figure it out. And obviously it's taste is subjective. And what I say is good country. I've, I've got some um, hipstery tendencies, certainly when it comes to country music in particular. Like if they're getting radio play just about at all anymore, I probably don't like it just on principle, um, to be honest. So, uh, But I, I think another good indication is if they make drug references at any point, it's probably good country. Yeah, I, listen, I think I, one of the ones that I shared with you, I forget their name, but in the first song, they started talking about cocaine, and I was like, this isn't radio country. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a lot of radio country songs about, like, cocaine or or weed or, I mean, Sturgill Simpson will get into talking about, like, psychedelics and stuff. I don't think they really yeah. enjoy, that, enjoy that kind of talk on, uh, you know, your local radio local country radio station i don't think you're yeah you're not sliding that in with uh you know luke bryan and florida georgia line and then talking about cocaine really you don't think melinda miranda lambert's on the psychedelics actually i think miranda lambert probably would be on the psychedelics but miranda if i was married to what was his name i don't even remember his name blake shelton if i was married to blake shelton that long (laughs) that joke would have been so much better if i remembered his name this is a great first. Uh, this is a great first impression for anybody who's new listening. So, if you like that, if you like bad country accents and not remembering the name of Blake Shelton and references to drugs, then you're gonna love Bryant and Me. Let's go ahead and get the go. Let's get the show started. Welcome, boys and girls, to Bright and Me, where we talk about soccer and other things, other trap-y things. We were on international break because if the teams in the Premier League are allowed to do it, then gosh darn it, so are we. Just kidding. Bryant was sick, but he feels great now, don't you? I sure do. Right on cue. We're going to discuss today another big week for the crew. We've had another, actually a couple big weeks where some big things have happened. We're going to talk about the farewell to local lad Will William Trapp. We're going to talk about the potential upcoming MLS-affiliated minor league soccer team for the crew. And then we're going to talk about a secret crew match that happened today. Why is it a secret? We have no idea, but we'll talk about it later. Liverpool and Tottenham, they took the last week off or so. That's because we've got a big Champions League week coming up. That's probably not the reason why, but We're going to preview our club's matches. We're going to talk about Liverpool also and how dangerously close they are to being crowned the Champions de Inglaterra or the Champions of England. It's coming up soon, folks. I'm really excited. We're also going to talk a little bit about movies and sports. Movies and sports. I'm excited. First, Bryant, we have to break down some crew news and some crew action. Last time we potted was a couple weeks ago, and gosh darn it, Everything has to happen in that time that we take off. The first big thing that happened was crew captain Will Trapp has been with the club half his life, whether that's in the youth system or playing for the club. He got traded. He is on his way to Beckham United FC and definitely not Inter Miami. Because Inter Milan has some, has some things to say about that. But Will's moving. Brian, what did you think when you saw the news? 
Um, you know, having been not been a crew fan, I think as long as a lot of the other folks that I'm kind of surrounded by and interact with, um, I wasn't probably as heartbroken as, as some folks were. I think I think you know Will Trap. He's the you know England has English football teams have a you know, tendency to love to talk about their own lads, right? You know Tottenham. We sing Harry Kane. He's one of our own, right? Because he's he's our guy. Like Will Trap is that has been that guy for the crew, right? Like you said, he came up through their came up through their academy, came up through. Uh, through the team, he's the captain. He's worn the armband. He's he's been there through thick and thin. And you know, I was surprised. If only I think seeing the reactions on Twitter, you know, with among kind of crew Twitter hashtag crew Twitter, um, seeing just the reactions of people, how shocked people were, how sad people were, how you know, some people even said, you know, I hate to see him go, but you know, maybe it's time, right? Maybe he's done all he's going to do as you know as a member of the crew um you know i think at this point i'm to the point where i'm i'm going to put my trust that kayla porter and that tim bezbachenko know what they're doing right i have to um i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until they give me a reason not to so you know of course i was sad i mean he's our captain he's our guy but uh, you know I'm, i'm excited to see what the future holds Wish him nothing but the best down there at uh, you know Miami Wednesday, as <laughs> as I've uh, <laughs> been instructed. There's a great uh, English football reference for all of you uh, big English football fans out there. Um, so yeah, I mean it's you know it's mixed emotions. I think it's I'm, I'm happy for him. Hope hope he does well for them down there. He'll be re- looking really sharp in those uh, black and pink the Bret Hart uh, kits that they're wearing down Hart there. Hart Foundation South, yeah. There it is. Um, what were your thoughts? I, I kind of thought the same thing. I, him being from the Columbus area. I mean, I live right next to the town that he's from. I'm right. on the border of Gahanna. Like I, I would see him. I saw him at Chipotle, and I would say hi to him. He's just a local kid. He lived around here, even playing for the team. He's, he's a part of the community. I mean, whenever the crew were going through the Save the Crew, or the fans were going through the Save the Crew efforts, and the the team was doing it on their own, too. They couldn't be outwardly expressing it. They couldn't say much. But throughout all that, Will Trap, even then, wore the supporters group armband. Right. It had all the different supporters groups. When MLS told him he was not allowed to do it, when he was still technically under um, Case of Boy, Yeti Cooler Man, Anthony Precourt, <laughs> he um, he went up against all these things that are telling him not to, and even inside the armband, forget the specific wording, but it was about connecting him to the movement and connecting the team, fighting for them. Uh, we're fighting for you because you're fighting for us. Something right. along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but stuff like that makes you makes you a local legend. And you talked about comparing it to clubs over in England, like. Steven Gerrard is what comes to my mind because he was from Liverpool, grew right. up a Liverpool supporter, played for Liverpool. And he played for Liverpool for his entire career up until he played for the Galaxy for a year and a half, which are lost years in my mind. But up to that point, he had some on-field memories that were kind of 
maybe not as memorable, but he also had some huge moments that made him even more ingrained in the club. I can right. imagine same thing with Bull Trap. I mean, whenever he had his goal last year, his rocket shot um, <laughs> from what, like 10 yards out of the box, people are going to remember goals like that. People are going to remember just him able to lead the club. Michael Parkers was the captain up until a few years ago, but then Will took the armband and he, he ran with that as a team captain and he had some time with the U S national team. He's, he even wrote it himself first in the interview with Michael Aris of uh, the dispatch. And then also we had a full page kind of spread. So he was thanking the fans, thanking the city, but especially in his interview with dispatch, he came and told them that this move was basically inevitable, right? That he was looking for a challenge he was looking to get out of his comfort zone. And quite honestly, he's from, like we said, from Columbus. He lived here. He joined the crew ranks as a youngin when he was a freshman in high school. And he's always been with the crew. His professional career, I mean, it started off, he went up to University of Akron, which is only a couple hours from Columbus. Played on the Zips, played with Caleb Porter, who was his manager at the time came back down to Columbus. He's been within two hours of his home for his entire life. Right. So I think the challenge was there. There's always been rumors of him wanting to go overseas, rumors of deals that were to be offered to him for, or the club for million plus dollar deals and then being traded down to um, MLS Miami, a name that we're not allowed to use the other one. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with the, Inter Wednesday was that or Miami Wednesday? Miami Wednesday. I'm really good at remembering things. I'm like the best. But he, I hope for his sake, he can get a challenge, play under a different coach, different manager, different system than he's used to playing under. I hope that he can elevate himself back up to where he was. Because real talk time, I think that he hit his ceiling. I think in the system that he was playing. Right. You saw it in the U.S. national team. He was brought to the U.S. national team because Burhalter, he played. He's played well for the crew. I wouldn't say that his skill has diminished. I just don't think his skill has gotten to the point that he wants it to be at. I mean, he played for the U.S. national team again. Burhalter brought him onto the team. He's he was taken like his captaincy was taken away. Right. Whenever the big matches came up, whenever doing tournaments, like he was benched. That wasn't a good look for a player who people wanted him to be the next captain. He had the armband for the crew. He had it for U.S. national team. And then they brought Bradley back up in his place, which we don't talk about the U.S. national team a lot on here because, honestly, I don't want to talk about the men's U.S. <laughs> national, <laughs> very, US national team. because Talking about Spurs is depressing enough. Like. We... I don't want to go into all the off-field issues that the U.S. national team has, but that too. I think that that might have hurt his stock a little bit. And I think going to Miami is going to potentially elevate that stock again because he's not he's not getting any younger. And if he's going to try to get a, any spot in Europe, if he wants to play overseas, which has been his goal, yeah, I hope for his sake that Miami is the way that he does it, but just not against the crew. So whenever he plays against us, hopefully he doesn't hurt us too bad. But outside of that, those other 32 matches, I hope he does amazing for Miami. And I hope he only plays there one season and then can move on to uh, greener pastures. I hope that he doesn't turn into just a career MLS guy. 
being traded from team to team. And I mean, if you got to go somewhere, right? I mean, there are worse places to go than you know. You get to go to Miami, and you get to you get to hang out in Miami with Bex. Like you know, there that doesn't suck. You know what I mean? Like, and you you've got you get to play under somebody there, obviously who's a legend, who you know is arguably the most one of the most famous footballers of the last you know. 20, 30 years, some of that because of all at least their marketing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but he's an attractive man. Let's just call it call spade a spade. Well, he's an attractive man that married a spice girl. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's been all over the place, but he knows people. He has connections, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially if you want to get to Europe. I mean, I'm sure Bex knows a few guys over there. You know what I mean? So that can't hurt his stock. And then, hey, you know, I like Columbus. Don't get me wrong, but it's not Miami. (laughs) that's i don't think you've been to certain parts of columbus i think you could rival i'm just kidding i I, i've never been to miami but i imagine that it's very different from columbus you're from florida right all florida is the same miami's pretty great right Um, i've been once um it was pretty i will say that okay moving on that's expert advice from our floridian expert brian caves so, Will, good luck in Miami. The better you do, actually, the better it helps the crew because we'll get more benefits out of it. But the better you do, the better it helps us. Hopefully you can improve your game down there, play in a different system, show the world that you're not just uh, fitting well into certain systems, that you can play through anything and that you can elevate your, your status. And I'm glad you were able to stick with the crew for as long as you did. Sip a, sip a beer to Will Trap. I didn't actually do it, but um, in my head I did because I have to segue into the next big thing. Some interviews over the last few weeks have revealed some interesting information. No, not a sponsor for the cruise kit, although we're still pulling for hot chicken takeover. You guys can do it. Just need a few million dollars. You can get right up there. But the crew are going to be fielding a reserve team in either 2021 or 2022. That is according to... Tim Bezzy Bezpachenko, that's his nickname, and everybody calls him that, and Caleb Porter in appearances over the past month. So right now, giving you an update, there's been no location pinpointed. Potentially, they've talked about playing at Mopfrey, maybe playing some of the new matches, or some of the matches at the new stadium, depending on where the team is located out of. So when I see that, no location pinpointed, I think you can play this as a as a marketing idea too. Right. So you can't do Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That That's not going to work. But what we can do is up north. I am a little biased. I'm from Northeast Ohio. My family's all from Cleveland. I was the first Costello born outside of Cleveland. A little fun fact for you. It's fun for me. I think that Cleveland's an untapped market. I think you have soccer fans up there. You have supporters up there. They have a Cleveland soccer club which I've gone to a couple matches, actually, with friend of the pod, Mike Yeager. What's up, Mike? I know you're listening. I don't know if he's listening. But getting another team up there affiliated with the crew, I don't think that's a bad idea. I don't know how good of an idea it is to have it in Columbus. I know for how close they'd be and how they can train together, I think that's a positive, but a couple hours away is not that big of a deal. Sure. 
And I think you could bring a lot more fans down to Columbus, especially in nice brand spanking new stadium in a great part of the city or building the arena district out there. I think you can get people to come down to matches if you can strategically place a club that is directly affiliated with the crew. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I agree with what you said. I think I think training with the first team would be a big benefit. Obviously, I think we want to treat this. You know, if this does go through, we want to treat this kind of like a uh, kind of a farm team, right? Like we're going to call this uh, AAA. Say our AAA affiliate mm-hmm. to kind of use a baseball analogy. Um, and usually in a baseball organization, right, the the team at the top wants to kind of set the mindset for the entire organization. These this is kind of the system we want to play in. This is these the approach we want kind of want our guys to maybe have at the plate. Again, if you know if it's baseball, there are no plates so, in, in soccer. Well, you know, I'm I'm it's an analogy. Um, so kind of having the similar system, having those guys in practice, I think would be a huge benefit from the standpoint of just player development, getting them ready maybe for that next level to have kind of a feeder team. But yeah, at the same time, I mean, put them in Northeast Ohio or put them, you know, out, you know, West, maybe in Dayton, something like that, like bring Mm -hmm. another larger city um, in the state, try and generate fan interest. Cause like you said, we're building that nice, fancy new stadium. I don't know. I don't know that this town can support two teams. Right. Um, so I don't want the support to, you know, cause the crew support is going to completely, they're going to be there. Are all of those crew fans then going to turn around and also go to, you know, the crew two or, you know, whatever we're going to call crew two electric boogaloo. <laughs> I've heard that reference so much lately. I'm getting sick. Anyway, continue. You know, are, are those fans also going to support a second tier club? I think you've got a few hundred that might, but not the numbers that you would hope to pull from it. Whereas, yeah, you put it in another city where it's its own thing, but uses, you know, some of the crew branding, some of the crew affiliation. Get those get those fans to, you know, fall in love with some of those players, maybe so that, you know, if we do use it as a feeder system hey, maybe those fans will follow those players to the crew or, oh, hey, I like watching this team. Let me go ahead and support the, you know, the big, the bigger club. Get the kids in and you'll bring the parents. Won't somebody please think of the children? Boom. Is what I always say. I I think it's exciting. I think it's definitely a potential advantage for us because I know it's not. uh, I think when this news first came out, I think I read, Something like thirteen or fourteen of the MLS teams have a similar, um, like affiliate team. So I think mm-hmm. that puts us in a, in a category where it definitely works as an advantage for us from an organizational standpoint. Yeah. Um. So it can only help if we use it the right way. Yeah. So. And having the club control it is much better too. We've had history with the crew of sending guys to Pittsburgh, the Riverhounds. We feels like we've kind of sent guys out there to just <laughs> we we draft a guy young, we send him out there. If there's an injury, we might bring him back, and then we eventually just don't sign him or release him and cut him. Having the club control it gives them a lot more control, for lack of a word that right. I didn't just use a second ago. It allows them to 
see what they have, see if maybe also competing with the guy in front of them, see if there's somebody who can push the guy who's there now. Absolutely. And it's hard to do that whenever you sent a guy to Alabama or if you sent them to insert USL club name here, if you send them far away, you're not watching them like you could if they were in your city or if they were in your state a couple hours away. I one last comment about this. And we talk about soccer in Columbus and a minor league team. There is a team in Columbus. There is uh, now it's, it's, further down the rung of the ladder of the U.S. um, soccer pyramid, uh, Ponzi scheme, whatever you want to call it. But (laughs) FC Columbus is a club that's been around for a pretty long time. Usually it's been in the youth ranks. It hasn't been a in the U.S. pro levels yet, but it's one of the MPSL teams that just started up a couple years ago. I'm not saying there's any connection to bringing them in and making that because that's that's probably not going to happen. They're very different organizations. The crew was owned by MLS. This is a club that's owned by somebody who immigrated here, but has been here for most of their life. They've run soccer camps, soccer clinics, and now they have a semi-semi-pro team. I would love to talk about them more on a different podcast, on a different episode, but they <laughs> quick history lesson. They started up right as the Save the Crew movement was huge and big things were happening with it. I think a lot of fans use it as a means of breaking away from areas of crew fandom that they thought were clicky and they wanted to do their own thing. And they went to this club and I would see a lot of infighting between fans that are both crew fans, but then some of them broke off to follow this other club in addition to the crew. And there was just stupid bickering about it. People were calling the FC Columbus team out for not being like a pulse of the city or some garbage like that, a local club, a small club, they don't get hardly anybody to come out to their matches. They don't get the support, even a, an inkling of the support that the crew fans give to the crew, right. which I think is kind of sad. You have, you could talk about the morality of the MPSL and how they have pretty much college kids play there. It's during the summer whenever they're not with their team, whenever they're not with their university. They play like you'll have kids from Dayton. You'll have like Dayton Flyer players playing in the MPSL. You'll have smaller uh, religious colleges. Their players are playing in the MPSL. And Columbus is one of those destinations. I would love not even just about connecting to the crew or having a minor league team, but I would love to have more support for them. I would love to have more support. They play maybe around 10 games at home, I want to say. I can't get the number down, or I don't remember the number exactly, but it's doable. The tickets are really cheap. Like, the matches are fun. I told you I went to some of the Cleveland ones. They're an MPSL team also. It's enjoyable. It's just these guys are out there playing because they really like to play. Can I ask, a, I stupid, don't know. ask a stupid question about them? Go ahead. Where, where do they play? That... The first season they started, in, they played at the Grandview High School, but okay. that changed because they wouldn't allow um, smoke bombs. Which <laughs> I know, I know. Is, I'm not. That is the most soccer thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yes, um, last season they split their time between playing at Ohio Dominican, okay, and they also played at um, oh, I forget where they played. It was on the west side, kind okay. of. 
just west of 71. It was another high school, but they play it on high school fields. But the year before, they did completely Grandview Heights. This year, I would have to look and see who they where they play. I would love to go out to a few matches. Yeah. I would love to go out and hang out and enjoy it. It's it's a it's fun watching. I think minor league teams because I think the players may have different motivations. Sure. Than somebody who feels like they've made it because they're playing in MLS. And gosh darn it, I need my smoke bombs. There's also a pretty cool, it's called the Heart of It Cup or something Ohio-related cup. I've really done my research because I think this is about the 15th time tonight that I've said, I'm not sure, but I think it's this. But there is a, a competition between just Ohio soccer teams. So we have Cleveland, SC is a part of it. FC Columbus is going to be a part of it. There are teams out, Amish Country FC is going to be a part of it. There are all these small clubs. There's a Northeast Ohio or Northern Ohio Soccer League. A lot of their clubs are going to be part of it. I can't wait to see where they play because I would love to see a tournament like that. Based on uh, based on my Google research very quickly, looks like they're also splitting time this year between uh, Ohio Dominican and this is the Wellington School. Uh, okay. On uh, Reed Road. Yeah. So yeah. we'll talk more about it, but I think once the matches start up, need to get out there. It's cheap. It doesn't cost practically anything to go out there. And you are putting money into a local soccer organization. Yeah. It's not going up to Don Garber or to a, a league owned in New York City paying trust fund babies like pre-court when they share all their revenue and everything goes to, to everybody. This is money going directly to a local soccer club. So I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for shopping local. And you think as a, a city as hipster as Columbus, they would love shopping local too. I like it. Yeah, you can get a, apparently you can get season tickets for thirty five bucks. Oh wow. That's, that's wow. Not how a bad many matches deal. are there, Brian? Um, let's let's take a look. He's counting. Like... While he's counting, I'll do some pleasant music. <laughs> that sounded like a seventies game show. That wasn't good. Maybe I shouldn't cover any songs. I don't feel like I would do a very uh, good job like, of it. Looks like eight matches for. Uh, See, I, I said around ten. Eight matches for thirty-five bucks or five bucks a piece. Throw a playoff in there, and you got ten. The club leader or the club owner, the organizer of it, they had a plan. His goal was to get into the U.S. Open Cup and to advance in the U.S. Open Cup. I think his end goal was to win the U.S. Open Cup, which would be great. If you're not into the U.S. Open Cup, it's like the FA Cup where every team, not in the United States, not every team in the U.S., but a lot of the minor league teams get a chance to play. They move up into the the U.S. Open Cup tournament, and then you get draws. You play MLS clubs at a certain point. The The higher that you are in the ring or in the rung of the ladders, you get included into the U.S. Open Cup at certain points. I would love to see that. I know Cleveland's gotten into it. They're going to actually be in the U.S. Open Cup this year, which is exciting. And, yeah, so the crew have their own matches, though, that they're playing. And they had a match today, but you wouldn't know if you were trying to actually watch the soccer match because they had a secret match today, a secret, secret match. Pedro and Jossie both scored a goal in a 2-0 thrashing, I guess, from the tweets and the 
the story that was written about it of sporting Kansas City. And at the pace Pedro Santos is going right now, he's going to score a ton of goals this year. He's going to be wearing golden boots at the end of the season. He's scored in 100% of his matches so far this season. I mean... And 100% of those goals we didn't see. Why is that, Thomas? I, I don't know. I don't know. I remember in years past, maybe because it is just kind of like, you know, when the NFL would have during their training camp. I was going to say spring training, but that's not right. Baseball started this week, and I'm a little, a little flustered. Ooh, during their training camp, woo, they would play closed-door games against other teams. Right. And then there'd usually be a video on ESPN where two guys were like throwing helmets at each other. I was going to say, there's always, always a fight. That's, <laughs> that's how I know about them. Somebody gets in a fight at some point. So maybe, so maybe that's what this is minus helmet throwing because they don't wear helmets. Maybe it is just closed door, a couple clubs trying to knock the rust off playing one another. But I don't know. I remember our preseason matches usually being streamed, usually having some internet camera that we can watch that shows the game happening. I mean, with so much stuff being streamed right now, how can you not have matches like this going? I don't know the specific reason. It really feels like a missed out. You know what it feels like? It feels like something old uh, Queso Boy would have done to uh, the Yeti King, Mm -hmm. as it were, to try and uh, like deaden kind of the interest. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, this is... I mean, the season starts in three weeks. I mean, like this seems like something, man. Let's let's get the let's get the fans pumped up. Let's get you know crew Twitter talking. Let's mm. get at least that core you know rabid fan base. Yeah, the the casual uh, fan off the street maybe or maybe not is going to watch that. But your rabid core fans, those those crazy Twitter folk that we interact with all day. Mm-hmm. Um, while we should be working, are are the people that that are going to watch that, right? They're going to tweet yeah. about it. They're going to talk about it. They're going to be telling their friends about it, trying to get each other excited. Oh, did you see how good, you know, Pedro Santos mm-hmm. has been playing, right? Pedro scored in two goals. Or, uh, you know, hey, let's get a look at, you know, Zellerand before he makes his, you know, regular season debut on Christmas. Like, Get those little things where we can talk about it. It seems like you're really missing an opportunity there. Yeah. And they do have the Tucson Sun Cup coming up. So they do have a tournament um, in Arizona that will be streamed. Right now they don't have a specific stream, but we have it on very good information that they will have a stream and they will be showing it here um, whenever those matches do come up. But... I still feel like you could put these matches out there. I I don't I don't think people are going to be upset because they have a a match against another club where they're not you know maybe it doesn't look like the greatest soccer because they've all just come back and maybe you have a lot of young guys who aren't going to be on the team but they're still out there. People are just they're thirsty. But I mean, even even without that, like, what's up with the radio silence? You know what I mean? Like they're they're not really talking about it. They won't even put out a lineup. They won't show us any camera phone highlights of of anything. Like, oh hey, look at this cool goal that Pedro Santos scored today in the 
you know, in a closed door friendly with Sporting KC. Like a lot of us found out on Twitter by following, you know, this time it was a Sporting KC writer. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, when it's San Jose that they played in the last game. And we were finding out, you know, information from the game by stalking the San Jose beat writer <laughs> on Twitter. I mean, it's why, why can we not? get this information why why not share at least a little bit share a lineup share a, a who scored today share share so share a couple sentences from Caleb Porter after the match saying hey you know the typical coach speak of hey we played a great game today but we know we've got a lot to work you know something like give us give us something yeah and I no, I definitely agree with that the the way that we found out about stuff was from people who were on Twitter who happened to be there, which like you said, was the Kansas city journalist who was covering it. The crew in terms of their, their media for the coverage was a tweet four hours ago, two nil win over SKC in today's scrimmage goal scorers, Jossie and Pedro hashtag crew 96. That is it. Nothing's been written about the match. Nothing has been talked about. There was even um, some folks, and we're picking up the the slack later on. That uh, there was even a crew player that was injured, right, in the match. But hearing from people at the match, it wasn't severe. They actually actually went back out and played a few minutes later. So Waylon Francis, there there could have been an injury that people missed. It could just be hearsay. And honestly, if you just have people tweeting about it. <sighs> it leaves a lot to the imagination like you were saying and there's so much stuff streaming right now i can go on to espn plus and i can watch probably table tennis right now if i went to search for it i bet you could yeah. i could find collegiate table tennis and they would have it streaming live and i know there's money that's involved and i know the mls was just going through this uh collective bargaining agreement and luckily they got that approved and everything's going to be good for the next 5 years but you have a small window and you're trying to build the fan base. I mean, give them any chance they can get. Also the resources too. I understand having to pay people to be out there. Newspapers are a thing of the past. It's hard to pay people to, um, to go out to events across the country whenever the media resources aren't being supported by people and the content out there is so free that, you're not going to pay for information. So if you're not paying a company for their writing, they're not going to be able to send people to cover things like you want them to. Sure. So I guess uh, taking it full circle, it's all our fault, Brian. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You're the reason that we couldn't get any information. You're welcome. That took a twist really quick. Mm. And I'm glad I could lay it all on your feet, Brian. Speaking of dramatic twists, did you know, Thomas... That not last weekend because we were off on a break, but the weekend before, there was quite a game played uh, in the English Premier League. Yeah, there was. Liverpool won four nil against Southampton. Southampton. No. Yeah, yeah. Bueller? That was that was the one I was absolutely going to refer to. I mean, that's that's a good win. Four nil. Widen your goal differential because I know you guys are really worried about goal differential right now. <sighs> So the wheels could fall off at any moment. I'm just imagining this is an irrational fear. I was sharing this with another Liverpool fan. We're up 22 points, six matches. If we win six matches, we've won the league. Right. We're going to potentially break 
all kinds of records. Earliest ever clinching the title, blah, 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 blah. All these great things. If we keep going this rate, we could have the most points. We could have all these awesome things. But I feel like I'm on standing on the edge of a cliff. And at any moment, it's just all going to come crumbling down. Would you say that this is the face of anxiety? This is the face of anxiety. <laughs> yes, this is. these are the feelings I feel. Every match, and I've shared this before, I go into it thinking, oh God, this is not going to end the way we want it to. And then whenever we win 4-0, I'm like, of course we were going to beat them. There was never a doubt in my mind. It's Southampton. They suck. We're good. Like yeah, even though they played you to a replay. Oh, I'm not. I'm speaking from your perspective in this yeah, conversation. Exactly. No, no, no. That's what, the voice of me. That's fine. No, I, I, I think that, and I, we're the next six matches we have are not against tough teams. We don't have any top six games in there, and I still feel like, oh god, when's it gonna happen? When are we just gonna start? <laughs> when are the wheels gonna horrible? just fall off? And we're going to talk about the Champions League in a minute, but what match are you talking about? Because I'm sure that was the one you were thinking about. It was, you know, that was top of my mind. Um, another one that I was kind of briefly ruminating on, if you will. Ruminating? I will, sir. That is, that is quite a word, I know. Hey, I might have gone to Florida State, but I know words, sir. Um, you sound real edgy, McKay. You went to college. I'm one of them fancy college boys. Um... It, it's the Tottenham win over Manchester City. Ooh, yes, I enjoyed that one too. <laughs> we we come into this game thinking I, I I swear I walked into the pub with our good friends Columbus Spurs over in Endeavor Brewing, or excuse me, Endeavor Brew Stillery now because they're offering Get it straight. Good lord, they're making spirits there now. Um, walked in, you know, we're ever as we do, you know, before the match, you're talking, hey, how you feeling? What do you think is going to happen today? And I think the general consensus among most of us was, man, if we could, if we can just walk out of here with a result, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not asking to win. If we can walk out of here with a draw, if we can get a, you know, a Mourinho ball, nil, nil draw, I'll take that. I'll walk right out of here right now and take it. Um, and then we completely get outplayed in this game for, probably 90% of it. All right. If I told you that one club had 10 to 15 chances and another club had three chances, which club do you think is going to win? Typically, I'm going to think it's the team that had 10 chances. And if I remember the number right, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I believe it. I believe Manchester City had 66% of the possession. (sighs) That's, That's insane. But... You know what happens. Um, games aren't won by possession or by expected goals. Games soccer are... isn't baseball. As much as your analogy earlier wanted us to believe it was. Soccer, soccer is not a stats game. Hey, they got footballed in this game. So the football gods were not kind to Manchester City on that day. Because, hey, the game is about, ultimately, it's about putting the ball in the net. Which Spurs did twice. Manchester City, you know, you hate to see it. Oh, they didn't manage to put any of them in the net. Can you, um, can you and they that? tried their hardest to not get them in the net. <laughs> they had their chances for sure. That was, I ended up watching it because I have, I had some, uh, a stake in the game. 
not betting. I just really wanted Man City to drop points. You just really wanted that. You really wanted me to be happy because you're my friend and you care about me. That's no, that's not why. It was because I wanted, um, because I wanted Liverpool's lead to get larger. But anyway, no, continue, please. I mean, but I mean, we just got out. We got flat out outplayed. But shout out to Hugo Lloris. Had himself a heck of a game. Made the stop on the penalty, which uh, that place, I don't know that I've heard Endeavor Brewing get much louder than when he uh, <laughs> when he stopped the when he stopped that penalty. It it went nuts. It, it was pretty loud in there, which was which was pretty cool to see. It was the first half was maybe the sloppiest game of football I've ever seen. I mean, the number of times the referees got involved in that first half was insane. Some really weird calls a uh, a call on on Sterling that was given a yellow but if that's any other player in the league that's a red all day that wasn't called they did later go down a man um, after Chinko uh, yeah went down to uh, went out went down with two yellows which I was glad he went off, if only because he looks like Kevin De Bruyne to me at first glance. <laughs> and so it's hard to tell the two apart sometimes. So if only because I didn't have to try and guess whether it was him or De Bruyne with the ball at times, I was glad to see him go off. Um, we did get a huge first goal out of... Uh, all right, Mike, uh, shout out to, to Mike Yeager again for this pronunciation. Steven Bergwin probably just butchered that and he's going to laugh at me but uh, a, a resident expert on Dutch football had just an insane goal on his debut really nice volley that he took off his chest it was just a lot of fun it made me feel really excited it made me feel slightly optimistic which is weird oh, don't from... go towards the light I'm, you know I'm trying man it's a bug zapper be careful <laughs> it's a, it's a freight train, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel could be a freight train. You know, Mourinho got a haircut. He went bald. Which one? He's, he he went bald. Like he went with the full uh, like suede head look. As uh, I heard a few folks refer to it over in the UK. He did. Uh, I didn't see that. I, I mean, yeah. I was watching the match, but I didn't see it. Well, he went after the fact. Like he, he got himself uh, a haircut okay. during the break. He's He's off in Germany scouting our Champions League opponent. He's at their game, just taking in a nice game in the Bundesliga on his time off. It's, uh, you know, I'm feeling slightly optimistic, Thomas. Now, we're going to go and lose to Aston Villa this weekend and completely derail it, and I'll be on the pod next week crying and bitching and talking about how you? much I hate, this, how much I hate no. this team again. But after no. one win, I'm flying pretty high, I'll say that. I'm glad this is recorded. We can capture all of this. We can capture all this so we can confirm what happens. You said Champions League, and you talked about old uh, haircut boy, Jose Mourinho. I forgot the, the phrase that they used for his haircut already. Who are you guys playing in the Champions League? How are you feeling about your Champions League matchup this Wednesday? Um, We've got uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Um, oh, out of the book. Just Leipzig whenever we're talking Champions League. So it's not to confuse them with Red Bull uh, Salzburg. 
Oh yeah, we play in the group stage. Anywho, yeah. So you're playing uh, Leipzig. How do you feel? Um, you know what? I feel, I feel good, and here's why. Um, I think that they're probably on better form right now than us. Um, I mean, they're sitting in, uh, you know, second place in the Bundesliga right now. They're they're really playing well. But I like our experience. We've got a lot of guys. This, you know, that. That Leipzig team is young. They've not they've not been there before. They're not. I don't know if they're ready for the for the big stage yet. You know what I mean? Whereas we've got a lot of guys. We've got a manager obviously that's been there before. That's won. We've got guys that have have now been to a final. We've got guys that have a lot of Champions League games under their belt. Mm-hmm. If you remember last season, I do. We barely scraped through our group, and we ran into a Bundesliga side, Sans Harry Kane, who was really flying high, came out and in our first match beat Borussia Dortmund three nil. Right. So the hope it let's the hope is that history is going to go ahead and repeat itself. That you know we'll come out with a with a dub. Let's move on and and see what we can see what we can do. That all being said. The likely result, like I said, is they'll go and lay an egg, and I'll be on here bitching next week. But oh, don't do that. Rebellions you know, are built on hope. You know, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm optimistic, I guess. Is what hey, you got to be, got to have high, high hopes. Liverpool on Tuesday, we have Atletico Madrid. Ooh. Yes. Now, Liverpool, we are at a point now. We've had the two week break, coming back from it because we let our kids play in the FA Cup, and right. we won. Hooray, go, go, go us. He shows how excited I am for the FA Cup. That was my genuine excitement about it. We've had two weeks off. Now, the idea is that England put this two weeks off later in the season to help their Euro chances. Because right. as we know, the England national team is the Premier League, practically. And it's like five guys on Tottenham. Right. And then Jordan Henderson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Gomez. And then sprinkle in some other guys here and there. So we've had our two weeks off. We're coming out of that two weeks healthier than we've been in a very long time. I mean, Fabinho's back. Matip is back. We've got um, Henderson, who's just kind of controlling everything in the midfield right now. He's been doing really good. Sadio Mane, that's a kind of a big name. He's back. Our players are getting healthy at the right time. Yeah. So our club is getting healthy and really strong at the right time. And... Then Atletico Madrid, reading reports that they're going to have up to seven guys injured oh, or wow. seven guys not at, you know, <laughs> game shape because of issues, because of injuries for that match on Tuesday. So, oof, I, I, I said earlier that I always feel like something bad's going to happen. If you're going to win a Champions League match, I mean, this is the one you're best set up for. Right. You're coming in healthy. Now, Saturday, we do have a match. We play at 12.30 on Saturday. By the way, a shameless, not really a plug because we don't get anything for it. But on Saturday, we're going to be meeting with our our buddy Brian, who's head of the Columbus Canaries. We're going to be hanging out at Endeavor Brewing at 12.30, watch the LFC versus Norwich City game, watch the top of the table versus the bottom of the table. And it's going to be a fun time hanging out watching some footy ball but come on out we'll be there i'll be in liverpool stuff 
Bryant, um, you won't be in. Tottenham's not playing. I, I will probably still wear Tottenham stuff. So yeah, you'll be in Tottenham stuff. That's you'll you'll be able to find. This will be a table of multiple people all wearing different teams. But come out and say hello, unless something really bad happens Saturday, unless like something catastrophic happens Saturday, we should go into that match healthy, fit, ready to go. Klopp has been preaching all season and the players have been saying it all season is you know what we're just looking at the next game we're focusing on the next game now in my mind do i believe that they're thinking of just the next game no these guys have six more wins in the premier league to win something that in terms of quote-unquote premier league titles liverpool doesn't have any if you completely disregard the other 18 that we have as top division champions but People love a, an argument point. People love semantics. I think they're. I think they have to be looking ahead. They have to be. You know, sure. I'm also not a professional athlete or a coach. I can't compartmentalize like these guys can. These guys can focus on one thing, and they can push things, the other stuff out of the way. They can have that kind of attack mentality and not a think about maybe the future as much as we do because. Their lives, you know, they're training, playing football. They're millionaires. They're doing pretty well in life. Maybe they just don't look to the future as much as us regulars do. Maybe we look to the sure. future because we look for brighter, a brighter future. So if you're not a, you know, Man United player, you're probably able to look at just the next match and not hope that it all, you know, gets better at some point because it's better for them right now. They're up 22 points. They have the largest gap of any league in Europe there. It's insane how well things have gone this year for the club and how well they've been able to play. Hopefully I'm at the cliff and I, and nothing ever happens and the club doesn't take a leap or the tires don't completely fall off and they're able to do this, but you're playing a big stretch of games. Now you're playing some pretty important matchups where everything's going to count for that much more. I mean, we're going into the Champions League. We could win. We're in line to fight for a Premier League title and a Champions League title. You're not going to be playing your your youths anymore in these two tournaments. You can't, Utes. you know, you can't play the youths early in the week just so you can save the legs of the starters for the weekend. You're going to be playing big matches. Right. From here until hopefully end of May. Hopefully Liverpool lightning strikes three times and we can make a third European Championship game. Now, do I see that happening realistically? No. I don't see that happening because it's a tournament. Fluky things happen in a tournament. Sure. It's just what it is. It is oh, yeah. what it is. But as long as we're in line with both of them, this is going to be a tough stretch. And I mean, they share they shared photos of the training this week. They had all these pictures of the Liverpool players smiling and happy and giddy and stuff. Hopefully, this is them coming into the next like the season starts now. As cliche as that is, season starts now. Going into it healthy, happy, ready to go. I'm hoping to see big things over the next few months. Boom! There it is. Can there we just... it is. Can we just say for one second how great some of these Champions League matches are, though? 
Shay, which honestly, one's your favorite? What are you looking for the most or two uh, most? I mean, outside of you know our matches, obviously, uh, Real Madrid and Man City. That's I'm, pull- be- I'm pulling for Real Madrid so bad. That's a, that's a good game though. Like that's that's going to be fun. That's that's fireworks, man. Um, Even with Sergio Ramos, I am still supporting Real Madrid because I would love if Pep Guardiola doesn't win the Champions League, or if he doesn't win a major title. I'm not talking about domestic. Like FA Cup, Carabao, Company Cup Cups. I'm not talking about those. If he doesn't win Premier League, which all signs kind of looking like that's not going to happen. He's not going to win the Premier League. I'll go out on a limb. It's not over till it's over. If he doesn't win the Champions League either, I think he leaves. I think he goes somewhere. I think he goes to Italy or Spain. He goes to one of these countries where he can get to the top team, have unlimited resources. And go all the way. I think that, I think he leaves. I don't think Man City has a big enough history for him. They're a very recent club with all the money that's been injected over the past ten plus years. I think for his legacy's sake, he wants to. He's going to move on. Wow. So I really hope that's my hot take, which I don't think is that hot, but I, I for for that reason alone, I hope they get knocked out of the Champions League just so we can see Pep squirm a little bit more. The thought is that, okay, well, Man City, they know they're not going to win the Premier League, so that's why these matches haven't been great. They're going to focus on the Champions League, blah, blah, blah. But you have to win matches to make it through the Champions League. And right now they have not had the form that is showing that they can do that week after week after week. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. What other match are you looking forward to? Um, Chelsea-Bayern, I think, could be a lot of fun. Um. PSG and Dortmund. I think we're quick on the Chelsea Bayern. Chelsea, Chelsea form has not been amazing. Sorry, other Bryant, um, but Bayern they've they've kind of been reclaiming their dominance. Yeah, I feel for Chelsea. I think they're two two big name clubs. Maybe Chelsea can come out there and be, you know, a fighter. But Bayern has been fighting their way up to the top this year, and I think that it's. It might get ugly. I think Bayern is in a really good spot, and Chelsea is not. Coutinho is trying to get himself some. Uh, it's the Coutinho revenge. <laughs> revenge tour. Can okay. anyone want to let me hang out? Anyone want to keep me? Um, they're not going to keep me after the season. Come, come get me. <laughs> Somebody spend some money, please. Don't make me go to MLS, please. For the love of God, I don't want to play with Chicharito. <laughs> Retiring Chicharito. In like eight years, from what he said. <laughs> but PSG and Dortmund, that's another one you're looking forward to? Yeah, I think I think that's going to be an up and down. There's not going to be much defense played in that game, I guess, is kind of where I'm going. I think that's a yeah. that's an up and down. That's going to be a it's going to be a shootout. It's gonna, I, think that, I think this game's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I don't Slot know knocker. I don't know enough about like I mean, I think Barcelona will wreck Napoli. I think Barcelona's too good. I, Atalanta and Valencia. I don't know any. I don't know anything about either of those teams. So, but usually when you get to the round, uh, when you get to the round where it's knockout stages now, it's it's big names. It's big clubs. Oh, it's yeah. going to be exciting, and you got some big matches coming up. I'm I'm pumped for it. Juve and uh, Lyon, right? I Lyon. mean, you know, it's it's going to be fun, man. It's Champions League football. I mean, it's 
it's going to be some fun matches, some good days. Wish I had uh, had those days off work and could just sit at home and throw some matches on. Hmm. Well, you decide to use it for March Madness. That's your fault. All right, let's finish the show up. Disney Plus introduced something pretty exciting, at least for us. Probably more for me. I got really excited. Well, I got mad at Disney Plus about this first. Mighty Ducks movies are not on Disney Plus. I'm still a little bit salty. But they announced that the new Mighty Ducks show is a thing that's happening. They're going to start production here shortly over in Vancouver, eh? Ooh. So with that, one of our favorite sports movies as a kid, and then we had the Oscars this past week, which nobody watched, it had us thinking about some of our favorite sports flicks, some of our favorite sports movies. Brian, what are your top three favorite sports movies? And then after we're done, once this video, or it's not a video, thank God for you, this is not a video, it's audio only, you can share your favorite uh, sports movies too. But Brian, what are your top three favorite sports movies? Um, In no particular order, I would say Major League is up there. Um, love that movie. Constantly quote it. You know, you're trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. <laughs> I mean, it's love it. Um, I would throw the the inspirational one for me is Hoosiers. Oh, Hoosiers. Gene, okay. Gene Hackman in the in the locker room giving the reading from the Bible talking about David beating Goliath before they go to that final that final game against Muncie Central. You listen to that, I could run through a brick wall, man. Like that just I'm getting chills right now just talking about it. Um the other one I would throw out there and because I think baseball makes the best movies and I know you hate it. Uh I love Bull Durham. I really Don't hate Bull Durham. Continue your thought and I will share what I said. <laughs> I do not hate Bull Durham. Continue. I know you hate the Crash Davis speech. I love Bull. It just it's it's one of those movies I can always put on. I'm one of those people that's a sucker for that like artistry of baseball poetry type thing. It it does it for me. And that movie is that in a nutshell. It's I love it. Here's my problem with Bull Durham. Thank you for sharing your list. I appreciate it. You have very motivational very poetic style movies on there minus major league but major league's just funny i mean i'm a cleveland indians fan major league is not my top three sports movies but i still love it because it's cleveland willie mays hayes uh, pedro serrano it's just a great great movie all around but bull durham my problem with that speech he's with susan sarandon right um kyle martino's ex-mother-in-law talking to her and he's going through all this poetic crap and it just reinforces the mystique that really is overplayed, kind of makes me sick to my stomach, kind of makes me think I'm watching Ken Burns baseball, which I like it. I love that I documentary. Love Ken Burns baseball. But that speech to Susan Sarandon where it's supposed to be, oh, it's just so random and he's just speaking from the heart and baseball is so poetic and it makes it sound like all these players are reading Shakespeare on the bench when they're not hitting home runs or throwing sliders. It's it's just baloney. Like quit trying to make it something that it isn't or quit trying to elevate it to a point of just, you know, baseball is scripture. Baseball is so beautiful. Like It's a great game. 
it's but you don't have to make everything poetry in baseball i'm telling you i'm a sucker for it man i know you you have a poet's heart and my favorite movies are not going to elicit much poetry from the hearts of you or our listeners and my movies are not necessarily because of the beauty of the movie i'm picking movies solely off of two of them at least solely off of the idea that i had a connection to them as a kid sure these are movies that when i was a kid these are replayed over and over and over and i can watch them over and over and over and they were just a part of who i was as a kid i i i relate to them i connect to them first one and i'm putting two movies in one mm-hmm. and you can't tell me i'm not allowed to do that what were you going to say were you going to tell me i couldn't do it no no not okay. at all so my top three really top four no particular order the two movies together mighty ducks and mighty ducks 2 absolutely those movies as a kid like my parents were in no place to sign me up for hockey. They didn't have the money for it, didn't have the resources for it. I didn't have an NHL team living in Northeast Ohio. I wasn't going to root for anything Pittsburgh related. The Jackets didn't come around until I was already a teenager. So the Mighty Ducks and the Mighty Ducks 2, that was my NHL hockey. Like that was yeah. it. Even though they weren't NHL teams, even though at the end of Mighty Ducks 2, they put on the NHL jersey. I digress. That was my professional hockey. And it was kids. And it was, you know, the scrappy kids coming from, coming from the rough uh, District Five, and coming, and they're able to defy all odds and and do all this, that, and the other. That was great for me. That was good. I enjoyed that. The other movie, which even it's a horrible movie, and as a kid, I probably thought it was a horrible movie too. But as a kid who was not good at sports, I really loved Rookie of the Year. Oh yeah, Rookie of the Year was my favorite baseball movie because you had the kid who I mean when he's actually playing as a kid the hat falls over his head he trips over the baseball he throws the ball over the wall he he wasn't athletic he wasn't good at sports but then he becomes a major league baseball player even though it's the the worst premise for a movie that a kid (laughs) arm his tendons heal too tight and he can throw a hundred mile an hour fastball and (laughs) so great Oh, and then just, I get so upset now as a parent because the mom lets him and his friends go to downtown Chicago by themselves, and they're like 13 years old. And then letting him hang out with Chet Stedman. It was just, Gary Busey, that's, it was just a great movie. It's on Disney+. Plus. I've watched it since it's been on Disney+. Plus. I mean, John Candy's in the movie, for crying out loud. You can't hate a movie that has John Candy in it, even though he is uncredited, probably because they didn't want to pay him. They didn't <laughs> give him enough lines to pay him a, su- a super high amount. But, man, that was that was something else. Maybe Daniel Stern had some uh, blackmail on John Candy to get him yeah. into doing the movie. But um, last movie, this is not from when I was a kid. I watch this movie now and sports movies are just good movies have a way of making you kind of like tear up a little bit. Sure. A little bit emotional watching these ones, you know, let the waterworks flow a little bit at the end of miracle. Every time, whenever they play that, whenever they play that Al Michaels line, Oh, like I have goosebumps right now. 
the pod closet is full of this. Uh, yes, that, and then just him like scoring the goal and like running on the ice, pretty much, and just the oh. whole team. Oh, it's like Rocky Four on ice, but it really happened. That's <laughs> like that's amazing. Inject, inject that directly into my veins, just every time. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I did not. Um, I do not regret having that one on the list. That came out when I was an adult, but I love that movie. That's just. That's Classic. awesome. In the winter, you have to watch it. But when the Olympics come around, um, you have to watch it. I will give a, um, since I talked about John Candy in the Winter Olympics, I will <laughs> give an honorable mention to Cool Runnings. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that is another amazing movie from my childhood. So join us on the internets and share with us what you think your favorite sports movies are, and we'll um, we'll judge you. Although I really have no room to judge. I just put, um, I just put Rookie of the Year. One of my favorite sports movies. I mean, he's on the minor league baseball trail now. Because we saw him at a minor league baseball game. I'll probably sure? not get his autograph because I feel like I'm the same age as him. And that's just weird. <laughs> he had a it was off putting, I think, because he had a beard. Yeah. And, and he's just he's Henry he'll be Henry Rowan Gardner to me forever, even though he was also Kevin in American Pie. Um, but yeah, it just him having a beard, something about it, man. I just can't, I have a beard. Like, no, Henry Rowan Gardner is not supposed to have a beard. Jesus had a beard. All right, bring us home. <laughs> so thanks guys for tuning in to a, another amazing fun filled week. We hope your decades amazing and Hey, we'll be here for all of it or at least some of it, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, engage with us on Twitter. Um, obviously, you can find us at Bryant Me if you haven't already done so. Please do that. Uh, you can interact with me if you'd like. Um, I'm at Pickle Chips with an S, but replace the I's with the ones. You can hit up Thomas at one Thomas Thomas Costello. Easy for me to say. Um, <laughs> huge news in case you guys haven't already seen us say this on Twitter 150 times or heard us talk about it on the pod. Um, for Christmas on the first, the very first cruise game of the season, we will be recording live in person at the Queen Anne's Revenge tailgate. Come by, say hey, hand us a beer, be friendly. We're going to have merch to give out. I believe we're going to have some good stuff. Do we want to tell them what we're having or do they have to come to find out? Let's just make them wait. Ooh. You gotta come and find out. We in, in the business we refer to that as a tease, ladies and Ooh. gentlemen. But we do have one thing about that to share. What do we have to share with them, Thomas? Yes, we have a giveaway, giveaway, giveaway. Ooh. At this giveaway, we are going to give you the opportunity to win number one, a twenty dollar gift card towards crew merchandise at the crew sc crew sc shop. Oh gosh. Rewind. We're going to do a giveaway, giveaway, giveaway. $20 gift card to the Crew SC shop. A Queen Anne's Revenge scarf. And also some pretty awesome BAM gear that you're going to see at the tailgate. And a lucky winner is going to win all that stuff. The way you do it is we're going to be giving away just some of the merch that we picked up for you, the listener. And if you get, it's kind of like a golden ticket. If you get the special piece that we give away, it has the special 
mark inside that item that you won or were given, you will win the entire prize pack. So oh. here's what's going to happen. There's going to be one. We're going to give away some can koozies. Okay, the tea's not there. We're going to give some Bright and Me can koozies because you're at a tailgate. You need koozies for the cruise season. We've got some um, cruisy koozies. Just kidding. It has our logo on it, Bright and Me. Inside every Bright and Me koozie is going to have a special little picture for you. We're not going to tell you what that is. But if your picture has a Bright and Me sticker on the back of it, you're going to win the prize pack. It's that easy. So come come around. We're going to hand out the can koozies. And then you'll win if you have the, the special picture with the special sticker on the back of said picture. And while you're out there, you know, hanging out with us, having a few beverages, talking about the cruise season, getting some sweet gear, make sure that you bring some non-perishable canned goods to donate. Um, all of those are going to WARM, which is the Westerville Area Resource Ministry. We're helping out hungry folks in our community. Please bring what you can to, to donate. That'll be... Um, like I said, collected at the mega tailgate. Please make sure you get get involved with that as well. Finally, one more crew-related announcement. Nor on tour is kicking off. We know that you want to go hang out with some crew friends, go catch a game. Don't poop um, on the bus. Just yeah, no. No number on the two bus. on the bus. That's a rule. They are their first trip. They are they have just just saw on Twitter they've got this set up. They're headed down to Music City to see Nashville SC in their debut season. Now, whether whether they're eventually going to have a stadium or not, we shall see. The saga continues with that. See Nashville in Nashville while they last. But if the MLS hasn't run them out of town by then for not giving them money. (laughs) But not only that, they're also going to have some trips out to Seattle, Chicago, New York, and Orlando. You could go down there and see Orlando City. You could hang out with Mickey Mouse. It's a beautiful thing. And sweat. Oh, you'll sweat be sweat at least ten pounds off. I mean, actually, maybe I need to do that. That actually. Oh, Brian. Oh, don't do that, Brian. Don't do that. But yeah, check out Noron Tour. There's a lot of cool trips coming up. If you want to get to know other crew fans, or if you just want to um, convince yourself to never go on a bus tour again. This is how you do it. Not all the matches are bus tours, by the way. Only some of them. You're not going to take a bus to Seattle, at least I don't think. More details soon. And they won't be cro- there won't be any border crossings this time, Thomas. So you don't oh, have to that's about. another. We already talked about that with John. I can't. I, move on, please. So finally, just be a friend. Thank you for being our friend. But if you've got other friends, tell them about the pod. Travel down the road and back again. Heart is true. Classic. We would really love if you would tell your friends about us. Get them to listen to us. Say, hey, you want two generic white guys that stumble over their words and talk about (laughs) soccer occasionally? This is the pod for them. You know, we might talk about country music or sports movies too, so you never know what you're going to get on this show. Um, We would really love it if you do that. Share it. Tell random strangers, like, you know, pretend like you're one of those, you know, like, religious folks that just goes up to random people on the street. Just start telling people about Bryant and me. Hey, can I tell you the good news about Bryant and me? And if you don't listen, you're going to hell. I'm just kidding. 
I mean, I took that. I took that too far. Or you can do like Billy on the streets and just run up to people and shout, "Brighten me!" and then run away. You know, they that might actually work. Get it on video. <laughs> Tag us. <laughs> That's a wonderful idea. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, please take care of yourselves. Please take care of your friends and family around you. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Adios.